I'm Joe Barrett. Welcome to Pod Academy. Left-handedness is certainly an everyday phenomenon. We all probably know somebody who writes with their left hand, or possibly do so ourselves. But how often do we pause to think about what might be the cause of such a preference, or how something as natural as left-handedness might be understood in societies other than our own? In his book, The Puzzle of Left-Handedness, Rick Smits addresses some of the enigmas, rumours and paradoxes surrounding the left-handed among us. Rick begins by telling us about his background and how he came to approach writing a book about left-handedness. Well, I started out as a linguist, first in university and then uh, when universities couldn't afford me anymore, I went into full writing uh, because I always really liked to sort of tell people who had no access to all the nice things that I knew and we knew and we were finding out to tell them what was going on in these heads of these people and why that was so interesting in a way that they really would listen and could understand it. That's how it all began and I've been doing that mainly ever since, only not always on language but always on things that have vague connections with language anyway. We're here to talk about Mm left-handedness. Are you left-handed yourself? Yes, I am. So have you always had an, an interest in this, when when did you start thinking about what it what it meant? Well, not not really at first. You you are confronted with it when you're young, and you go to school and you learn to write. That's the first time it really becomes an issue. But I was lucky. I had an understanding teacher, and she just said, "Oh, you put your your paper like that, and uh, you sit on that side of uh, your neighbour, and that's it." And then I forgot about it for a large part of my life, until a publisher said, will you read this manuscript from America? It's about left-handedness, and is this suitable for translation? And it was horrible. So I told him, and he said, well, maybe you should write a book about it. And I said, well, I don't know whether there's anything to talk about. Went into the libraries, and in three days' time, I had a pile of 300 books and articles to uh, work with. So I said, yes, I'll, uh, I'll do the book. Could you explain very shortly and very quickly, in maybe two sentences, what left-handedness is? Usually it's not what you think. Uh, People usually think it's you write with your left hand and you do other things with your left hand and probably you're left-footed too, which is not the case. And it's about dexterity, about doing difficult things. But actually it's not. It's about doing very mundane things. You find very strong tendencies for left or right in things like striking a match So um, if you look at violinists, for one thing, um, they all play right-handedly, always. But look at what they do. The really difficult stuff, uh, at at, at first glance, the difficult stuff, they all do with their their left arm. And most of them are right-handed. That's the arm that does the fingering and and makes the notes. And the right arm just, well, bows away. Uh, people always think you have right-handers and left-handers, mm. but actually it's a sort of sliding scale where you find uh, it's a sort of line and you find at both ends you find clusters, big clusters, a very big cluster towards the right end and a ten times smaller cluster, but still a sizable cluster, um, towards the left end. But it's not at the end. It's a bit a bit more to the centre. So you find relatively few people who really do everything right-handedly or everything left-handedly. I, um, I don't know uh, why you would, but maybe we'll come on to this later, but is it something, is it a skill which you can learn and develop, the preference for...? Mm, the preference maybe not, 
but you can uh, become proficient with either hand. This is testified to by hundreds of thousands of people who lost the use of their pre preferred arm for one reason or another. Take Nelson, for instance. And there's many, many, many more people who had an accident, and they just have to learn to cope with their other hand, whichever that is. And they do, almost always. And in some, if they have to change their writing hand, you'll see that the, the, their handwriting comes back. The same letters come back, the, the same, same forms. It looks the same. It looks the same, which is really crazy because the way you form the letters is it's definitely different. This, this doesn't happen with everybody, but it happens with some at least. What proportion of um, the population is left-handed? Uh, roughly 10, the world over. Um, there are countries, well, there is Japan, where they claim that they have only 1% or 2%, but... I very much doubt whether that whether but that's really true. Japanese have a very, very strong cultural ban on left-handedness historically, and it's still there. You see that um, if, if if well, if you you you, you can you can very easily uh, make your tests uh, show any percentage you really like. It just depends upon what are you going to ask. If you go to a country where everybody has to write with their right hand, and you test for writing hands, you find no left-handers. It's that easy. Okay, so I, the problem with statistics, how you measure it, might make this quite difficult. But mm. if you go back throughout history, does it, is it still roughly one in ten people who you find to be left-handed? As far as we know, yes. It's very difficult to, to, to go back very far and then say anything about numbers because they weren't counting back then. But there's interesting evidence and... A couple of months ago, about six months ago, there was even uh, new evidence about that, which takes you back 300, 400,000 years, which is really far back. Now, these people didn't count at all, probably, but what they did do was gnaw on bones. And there were researchers who could tell from the, uh, the, the traces, the, the, the damage on the bones by gnawing, how these people had held that bone when gnawing like this or with the other hand like that. And it turned out that if they're right, there were 10% left-handers back then too. So it's always been a part of um, what makes us human beings. It looks, well, even way before we were human beings, because these people 300,000 years ago, they weren't people. There was something, well, something in between. From a cultural point of view, has it always been recognised? These, these left-handed slingers in uh, the biblical army, uh, this is around the time of Salomo, something like that. So let's say a thousand before Christ. There you see that there's, there's no real um, negative connotation or anything. This is just these are special people and they have a special ability. And maybe it also makes good sense to put left-handed slingers apart because otherwise they turn into really murderers of their neighbours. It's just like putting a left-handed playing violinist in the middle of a symphony orchestra. Uh, just picture that in your mind and you see what I mean. Left-handedness, or at least the left hand, plays a role in the ISIS culture, but that's positive too. And then later on you see these negative connotations uh, coming into it. But that has a lot to do with Christianity, for one thing, where you have uh, this dichotomy between God, God and the devil. God is right. God is, of course, right. He's always right. And most people are right in the sense of right-handed, too. And they're not only right-handed, but they're, they're, they're the majority, so they're, they're really right. So whoever is not right must be wrong. 
and whoever is not right-handed must be wrong. So here you see a whole set of symbolisms uh, being attributed to, well, no, being associated with left-handedness. And that includes, for instance, all sorts of devilish things and uh, like anything good belongs to, belongs to God. So the rest belongs to the devil, so left-handers belong to the devil, but not much was done with that. It, this was really more of a sort of an intellectual exercise and a sort of well, bar talk, maybe. Can you think of a, a time in history that as a left-handed person you would least like to to have to survive? Are there any really... <laughs> survive? <that's laughs> or live, that's or live. Grim. Live, live, live. Well, um, it's, it's, it was uh, hard between, let's say, 1900 and the year two... No, yeah, let's say 1900, the 20th century. Because uh, before that, most children didn't go to school. So they were never pressured into, for instance, writing left-handed. They were never punished for writing with the wrong hand, doing things with the wrong hand. And this began, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe that's not coincidental, when psychology was invented and people started thinking that you could sort of make people mold people to the, and, and, and cut them and, and form them to your desire. Then there came real arguments that it was bad to be left-handed. Before that, it was mainly maybe a nuisance. Is it a problem for left-handed people to live in a world designed by right-handed people? That's strangely enough a very right-handed question. You always see right-handers worrying about left-handers and uh, being surprised by how... Like, like this mother who had a 13-year-old daughter and she was very proud of her 13-year-old daughter and told everybody, oh, she's so good, she's so splendid and she can do blah, 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 blah. Except for one thing. When she starts slicing, slicing the bread in the kitchen, I'm off because I can't watch that. I really can't watch that. That is a right-handers problem, not a left-handers problem. Uh, the right-handers problem after that is that the left-hander will leave the bread, uh, well, if if they don't cut really right, really straight, they will leave an impossible lump of bread. But left-handers are used to that. They always find these wrong things and they just turn them around. Left-handers are a nuisance for right-handers because they leave their stuff the wrong way. Like when they use a knife... They put, they, they, they put it down on their left, and then they leave the kitchen. And the right-handed owner of the kitchen comes back, and there's no knife. Oh, no, it's there. It's very small, this kind of thing, but that is how right-handers experience left-handers, like they're a nuisance. Left-handers don't have that problem because they're used to it. Uh, serious problems, well, that, that's basically it's a school and writing thing. That's basically the only thing. You have small practical problems with things like ladles with uh, something that makes them poor better. Uh, what's that called? A lip, perhaps? A lip, maybe. I don't know, a lip. They're always on the wrong sides. Um, that's the famous can opener, of course. Let me in. Let me let me let you in on a secret. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the left-handers learns to turn a can opener with with their right hand in the right-handed way before they even notice there might be a problem. Left-handed can openers don't sell. That's why they're so hard to come by. That England is uh, about the only country that's more than one left-handed shop.
Rick Smith's book, The Puzzle of Left-Handedness, is out now and published by Reaction Books. If you enjoyed this Pod Academy podcast, make sure you investigate what else we have on offer across our arts and culture, humanities and social sciences, and science and environment faculties. All are available to listen to and download for free on www.podacademy.org or through iTunes.